0: And welcome again to Fat-Free Film. I'm your host, Joel Marshall, and I have a special guest host with me today. Super special. Super special. Chris Brandt.
1: Hello.
0: And uh, he's here with me today, and we have a guest. We're very fortunate to be here with Paul Donello um, to talk with him about his film, which is called Strangers with Candy, and also just talk about what he's up to. Thanks for being here. No, thanks for having me. All right. Um, so, first thing I want to ask you is about where you started out. I understand you started out at Second City. That's right. In, um, in, in Chicago, improvisation
2: in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, improvisational theater in Chicago. Uh, that's really the only uh, the only hub. Um, it's like the everything sort of um, revolves around Second City there. But it's a great place to work. Um, you meet so many people, I guess. You meet great, you work with the, the funniest people, and uh, and you get paid for it for what you were doing free in bars, and, uh, and all the free booze you can drink. That's it's fantastic. Like, um, you know, it's like being in a fraternity and getting paid for it. <laughs> what is it like there, it's I It's mean, a great I know. place for misfits.
0: Is it? <laughs> do you do you take classes there and then perform? Or I think you don't have
2: to, table? but they, they do have a training center. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they hold auditions, you know. Um, I don't, maybe once every two years, or when they, when they need to f- fill the ranks. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody in Chicago shows up, and uh, and it's 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 a scary audition. I mean, there's stuff, you know, like five. It's called like five to the door. You have to keep entering the the room as a different character and. And I only had three characters, the Geek, the Kid, and the Geeky Kid. That's what, <laughs> what Colbert tells
0: me. <laughs> so, um, Second City has been around for a long time and a lot of their, a lot of the people there have been on Saturday Night Live and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of different... Um, Mad. Mad TV and all kinds of different films and, and television. Um, is it a very competitive atmosphere? What's that? No, like? it's,
2: oddly, it's oddly not and improv can't really work. Uh, under a competitive act. When it's at its best it's um, it's never competitive Um, and you sort of single those people out. I mean there were people there who were clearly ambitious like um, personally ambitious just like going Is Lauren Michaels in the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, you know they'll they'll be shunned at Second City or at least when I was there they were um, because improv is all about serving the other people on stage, so you, you're never thinking about like well, what can I do that'll make me stand out. Yeah, you, know, you know that
0: does happen, but um, I know one of the, of the rules ahead. of improv is, is that you sort of yes and yeah. what somebody says. If somebody says you know why is your head shape, in the shape of a banana, you you tell them why why. Why right, you never want to go banana. no, it's not. Well, it's so, not in the shape. It's just an apple. What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's the, one of the things that's great about improv is that when it really works and you really have a, a good group, it's a collaborative. Effort that's
1: put forth as a group, rather than look at me. I'm I'm so funny. But in terms of trying to stand out, don't you don't you guys have any sort of like one-offsmanship while you're doing the improv? Like you try to. Well, if if well if if, if it depends on what you, you usually um,
2: good improv um, improvisers will find whatever like the internal gain of the scene is. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it becomes about up one upmanship But um, really, you're just. You know, good improv. You're just trying to. Um, I mean, you're trying to be in the moment, and you're trying to like serve up, you know, like just big soft pitches to your to the guy or girl that you're playing with, and and uh, you know, so that they can hit a home run. Okay. And that's when it work, And that's when it works best. And you know that they'll do that for you. And um, and I was lucky to meet um, Stephen Colbert and Amy Sedaris, and we sort of carried that, um, you know, philosophy, you know, with us when we moved on. Um, that's why I trust those guys implicitly because I know that they're trying to make me look good and and uh, and I try to make them look good. That's, you know and, and we and we're more concerned about the final product um, as a, as opposed to the you know the process. I mean like that's the most important thing um, and it's all trying to serve that um, you know
0: not trying to to, to stand out. Although Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was in Chicago around the time when when you guys were doing that then um, there was this other theater called Annoyance Theatre you look familiar to me yeah we, you look we, familiar we, to we me too we met in Chicago maybe I mean it was a long time ago so it's it's very possible um I was at Steppenwolf doing an internship there but it's, it's such a small community that's what I really liked about it me too Annoyance
2: is uh, McNapier and uh, they're all friends of ours and um, we go over there and do stuff um that was a great theater. He was sort of the Andy Warhol
0: of Chicago. Yeah, I went and saw um, he, Manson the Musical. musical there, yeah. uh, uh, and they also did the Real Live Brady Bunch and all these things. I, it was amazing to me because I was... I guess when I moved to Chicago I was, you know, tr- just learning about acting and I was um, studying over there at Steppenwolf just as an intern and um, doing all the different jobs and things. And I was pretty serious, you know. And I saw this Annoyance Theater and they had lines around the block and I remember thinking, well, they're not doing serious theater or something like that. And then I went and saw a show, and I just really enjoyed myself and really liked what they were doing. How they were so irreverent about what they were doing, and um, and just really out there. I don't know whether they. It seemed like a commune, you know.
2: I know it a there, crazy thing.
0: Um, yeah, there's. Yeah, the, there's the Goodman there
2: and Steppenwolf, and I've met people from both theaters that had that sort of opinion about Second City too. Um, you know, like well, we do real theater. Right. Um, <laughs> But you know what? I didn't mind um, being a fuck up because yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. It was, you know, it was really freeing, and uh, and you know, it teaches you to break the rules, which I, you know, I think is I, you know, important, especially, you know, as the stakes raise. You know, and we'll eventually I'm about filmmaking, but you know, you want to try to break the rules, or you know, or you just have like a, a, a film modeled on. You know, hundreds of other
0: films. And there was some. That's the thing about Chicago too. Is just some really great people come out of there from all different um, theaters. Uh, like I remember Jane Lynch was somebody who worked there that I see all the time in movies now, and she's just. Sure, a she's riot. from Second City. Yeah, she was from Second City, and then of course Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell was there. Is that right? Uh-huh. And, uh huh.
2: And my last show was with Carell, Colbert, Amy Sedaris. Um, who else was there? Well, that's all that guy. Uh, would know, but it was a great cast
0: and it was a lot of fun. So I was lucky enough. I don't know to, what
2: happened to Carell. Yeah, I don't,
0: he I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I heard his name, I think, recently. I think he was doing commercials. <laughs> That's oh. fitting for him. <laughs> he was working in an office or something. <laughs> um, so you have this film, and I, I actually saw the trailer for it last week. I went to see uh, Thank You for Smoking on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles and I saw the trailer for... Your oh, they had a trailer in LA? Like yeah, it. they That's did. Great. And I I have to claim ignorance. I didn't know this show. I didn't know anything about it. And so when I saw this trailer, I was like, wow, that is bizarre. What the hell's going on there? Uh, it was really funny. But um, last night I was lucky enough to uh, sneak, sneak into the movie theater behind Paul and uh, catch the film and I just had, a, had the best time. I would like to uh, kind of liken it to some of these cult movies that you know, I hold dear to my heart like Office Space or uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And uh, I think this really ranks up there with those films, and I think you're uh, really going to enjoy it.
1: I, I think it's important to note, too, if you don't have to be familiar with the television show, the movie really kind of encapsulates the whole thing.
2: That, that's good to hear. It was a, That was a concern. Um, really? Yeah, it was a big concern of mine. We have like, you know... Uh, I, you know, like sort of a rabid. I don't know. There might only be twelve of them, but they're, <laughs> yes. but they're sort of a rabid cult following, and yeah. they don't like. You know, I remember we changed, and a lot of times we change stuff um, just, uh, you know, to inspire us to think about. You know, if you, right. you don't want to get in a rut. Like I remember, we decided, like we got tired. We would have, like on the show, we would have, um, you know, Jerry would start each episode, sort of giving a rundown of her character. Uh, you know, we we create some. Weird scenario, and she'd say, "I'm Jerry Blank. I'm 46 years old. I'm a former blueser, you know." Um, so when we got tired of like coming up, like we just wanna, it's like, "We just want to get into the show." So we created a new opening, well, which was a, a cartoon opening that sort of told the story. But people were like, "What happened to the old Uh-oh. opening?" You know, like, like well, "I'm sorry, I didn't." You know, people they seemed violently upset about it. So it was a big concern for the movie. I, you know, I, 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 we appreciate. The fans that we have, and you know, we didn't want to alienate anybody, but,
1: but also we had to find something new to do because it's hard. I think it was a treat inspired. to see her life in prison before. Oh, good. I think it was great. I mean, it was really <laughs> So, this is uh, a great introduction, and, and again, that, I think that serves it as a film better as well because you, you're not just catering to people that already know the television show. Oh, that's you know, good. Which I think is important. Yeah. You want to, well, yeah. Because you do want to make kind of return. maybe may on your be rabid, and, but uh, yeah, they're not gonna. Not broad,
0: broad enough. Talk about a broad characterization. That that character, when I first saw her in the trailer, I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on with her face? <laughs> and, and this is a, actually a, a very uh, beautiful woman, and but she transforms herself <laughs> into this freak show. Well, we, just we call her an idiot dry. savant,
1: and her savantism <laughs> is the ability to make faces. <laughs> yeah. I my favorite part. I don't know if she did it in the film. My favorite thing she does is when she like blinks differently with each eye. Like. Oh, she does do it at the. Um,
2: she does it at the. She does it at the end when uh, the, when uh, the doctor says. Oh no. Uh, Oh, when do you th- when, doctor, when do you think she could move? When do you think we'll be able to get her up and m- move? Oh, I think she should be up in a few days. No, I mean, move out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she does. I <laughs> <laughs> you think with
0: the eyes. Uh, there were people sitting next to me that were just like, how does she do that? She's amazing. They do you think they'd be like, how did, how did she do that? She has, that this mag- she has
2: a magical face. I've never seen, I've never known anyone. To, you know, and I come from, a, you know, a, a, as we just mentioned before, you know, a place where it was just, uh, you know, hundreds of clowns. Uh-huh. I've never seen anybody with that ability to change her face.
0: Now that character is taken from a real life um, film? Yeah, it's sort of
2: an amalgam of stuff. I mean Amy was doing um, she was doing a voice for, um, she sort of had that voice, she changed it a little bit but she was doing that voice for, um, she she did a bunch of plays with her brother and um, she would do a character sort of similar so it it, it didn't come out of nowhere and then I found a uh, I was, looking, I was doing research for another TV show, and I found these, uh, from the 60s, these anti, these government anti-drug films, you know, but they were about as anti, you know, they were like way over the top, like uh-huh. Reefer Madness, right. you know, <laughs> it was the kind of thing to make, wow, I can't wait to light up the joint. <laughs> 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 Let's get high and watch the anti-drug films. Um, but there was this woman who, you know, pretty much that story, she looked like Mike Dukakis you know, I said last night. Um for those people who still remember Mike Dutakis. But she was like a four foot eleven Jewish, you know, middle middle aged Jewish woman from Long Island. And she looked like anybody's aunt. And she had these horrible stories about, you know, living in the gutter cooking up my breakfast in a teaspoon, you know, <laughs> you know whoring exciting. myself out, going in and out of the slammer, you know. So and I saw that and I went, my God, what a hideous human being. And I went, oh, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I called her and I said I can't do anything with this um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to transcribe it all and you should do it oh no I made a copy of four and I said you know you should do it as a monologue verbatim it's, mm-hmm. it's great and then at the same time she had an idea to do she wanted to pitch a show where she would do after school specials but mm-hmm. we would just do them verbatim because we had done a couple we'd done, we had done a live version of Come Back Little Sheba where we did the play straight, but um, our version of straight would just turn out to be hilarious. You know, because it's such a—I uh, don't know if you guys are familiar with the playlist, it's just heartbreaking. Um, uh, so, so the idea was like to get these sort of campy uh, after-school specials from the '70s and just do them verbatim. And, and that I didn't want to do that because it didn't seem like all that challenging. But um, so we sort of compromised and said, well "Why don't we create a character?" Why don't we, you should do this character and we'll put her in an after school sp- situation and we'll make her go back to high school. So that's sort of where it came from and then, you know, and then uh, I forced a strong arm, Colbert, uh, into working on the project and then we just sort of together over months created her character. But it was great because um, I, I often when you come up with characters they don't have that kind of background. I know uh, Mike Lee, uh, uh, whose work I love. He, he improvises his films, um, but, uh, you know, he makes the the actors do, like, months and months of, uh, you know, like, character history. And then he asks them questions, and he tests them, and, you know, where were you born, What you know, and it really is, you know, even if none of that stuff comes to the surface and informs the character. And we are lucky enough, like, for Jerry, she's got, like, this just great history, and it makes it really easy to write for or to have her respond, like, you know exactly what she would say just because we know
0: her past so well. That's what I think is so great about it too, is that she does this extremely broad character and maybe initially when I saw it, I'm like, I don't know, you know, how that's going to play, but because it's so grounded in reality, her reactions are huge, but they're, they're so real, like, like even I was talking to somebody uh, earlier today, we were remarking on the fact that we kind of identified with her in certain, you know, her reactions. Oh, that's things. good.
2: I mean, she. There is. a, I will. I will say there is a certain. There, I mean, there is a uh, sort of learning curve there. She takes a. Um, she takes a while to. Uh, um, you know, to warm up to. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. Like as. But I, I, maybe I've been working with Jerry Blank too long. But I. I find her like she's so sad to me, and I, mm-hmm. I find her moving. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same way like that like you know silence like buster keaton his is characters are moving of course he's a lot less broad but mm-hmm. i mean almost everything is um but um yeah i you know i she, i think she infuses the character with humanity mm-hmm. but um yeah she's way over the top
0: you and uh stephen colbert are hilarious in this thing too um, thank you the way you guys work together now those characters were developed In the um, series, I understand. I haven't had the chance to see the series. They were, and I will go back and look at it. Um, How did how did your character Joffrey come about? Um, Just a
2: heightening of my real life. (laughs) Um, Well, initially, um, well, we were just like initially. Well, when we were putting the show together, we had, we we, you know, we had Jerry, and then we you know, then we just tried to start to. you know, create archetypes. So, um, you know, so there was Noblin was a cold, like the cold teacher, self-serving and, and, uh, and Jelinek was originally created, I didn't know if he'd be an art teacher, but, um, you know, he was the, the teacher who thought he was young and hip and related. It was based on, um, it was based on a, it was based on two teachers that I had. Well, one was named Jelinek, but not, that mostly, I just took the name, but it was based on this other teacher when I was in high school. Um. And, you know people would have parties and stuff and you'd show up and you know and he'd come you know and he'd have like sandals on right, you know and, and, and he's like grim. it's cool if you want
0: to smoke pot and it's like no i don't want i don't want you here you're my teacher It's one, one of those things in, in retrospect in but also in retrospect it's even weirder you know right, you, you ought, ought to be in jail And you get to be you're like would i hang out in high school or something? yeah it's well, so weird <laughs> yeah, it's just bizarre
2: but it, it, was, it would be so weird like I, I couldn't understand like don't you have anything better to do yeah mm-hmm. and who's and and from a kid's perspective, that that's like the least hit, you know, yeah. you, you're never going to come off as hit. Yeah. So we want to c- create a character who, who you know, like, you know, in his mind, like, I'm the one who relates to I'm on practically, you know, I'm practically one, mm-hmm.
1: you know. I mean, look at my head of hair. <laughs> um, the thing about that, though, is you, you mentioned novelists being self-serving, but it seems like, actually, that's kind of a strong point for all the main characters. It, They're it is. all that's, very... That's that's, um,
2: that's astute that you uh, point that out. That's uh, mainly a may, uh, maybe a failing of our writing, but no, that I've... does but that does amuse us. That you're right. Uh, every character is incredibly
1: selfish And that kind of informs their conversations. Like they're always talking past each other.
2: Right. Or they all have they, they all have a personal they all have an agenda. They're trying to you know and but and they're not even really do and they do a horrible job at hiding. Right, um, uh, they're are children, you know, and and. And we like that idea too. That's why we try to make the kids sort of as innocent and normal as possible. And, and, and you know, and the teachers are, are all horrible. People. <laughs> was it hard to direct the
0: film and be in it at the same time?
2: Is that a difficult? It thing? It was hard in that that um, I didn't really I didn't I didn't really want I didn't. It was hard to perform in it. Um, you know, because I didn't care. Like I didn't want to prepare. For my scenes, like I, I lost interest in performing. I be, had become so sort of enthralled with you know directing it and, and overseeing things that I didn't want to like take the time to like think about my scenes. So I ended up cutting a lot of gialanic out just so um, you know because I didn't really want to worry about
1: it.
0: Is this um, your first feature?
1: Yeah. Wow. Feature. Great job. But you, okay. done, you directed the entire series, didn't you? No. Um,
2: I mean, I oversaw the, you know, we wrote it and produced it and performed Mm -hmm. in it. So, and and we were a pretty tight clip, the three of us. So, you know, people were kind of intimidated and and so we got, you know, we got what we wanted and and I'll say like, well, there was great, we had like Juan Campanella um, directed a a bunch of episodes. You know, once we sort of got to know him and trust him, which only took maybe one or two episodes, he was one person that we didn't really need, I did not really watch his back. And Peter Lowers as another one, um, and then some other directors, you know, less so, you know. So
0: I took more of a director sort of role. What a great cast you had in this thing, too. I mean, yeah, we're, we're so did, we're lucky. Did these I people would... just loved the work that you guys had been doing, and, and yeah, for the
2: most part. I mean, Phil's a friend, and uh, and Sarah um, and Matthew were just fans and
0: show. And, and Ian Holm, for God's sakes, I mean, he that, he
2: that's a fluke. We just um, I was like thinking, who would be my dream? doctor and it was you know Syrian at home and I never thought I'd get him and he was one of the first people to sign on I wrote him a letter and sent him the script and he called his son and said there's some something I have this stranger with candies thing I and his son said do it his <laughs> son's like 19 or something yeah yeah so um, that's so, that, so he called back and said all right I'll do it my son says I should do <laughs> it
0: I think that that was that's great to have an actor like that too to uh... you know it's cr- it's crazy because really um
2: yeah, well, yeah, we're just a bunch of clowns, you know, and, and to have like someone like sergio at Holm or Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's yeah. like, it really, it's it's, a, it's like, um, it gives it a weight that, I don't know, maybe we don't deserve. But. Well,
0: and also I feel like, this is true for a lot of these people that are in the film, is they take it, they play it straight, you know, they take it seriously, and these characters are so absurd that uh, it really plays, the humor just... Plays like gangbusters, and oh, that, that principal is just a riot. What is his name? Uh, uh, Greg Holloman. Man, he's something. He's That's fantastic. something, too. The, 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 the whole environment that you've set up in this uh, high school is so unique to anything that I've seen. Uh, I, I don't understand the part where he's, you know, do you want to hold my gun and all that stuff. I mean, I understand there's like sexual tension going on, but uh, it's just too weird. that There's this principal. It's like I need a drink. <laughs> I'm gonna I'll have take to that drink it. now. Yeah, I'll be around. a drink. This is a high school. Honestly. Yeah, they got that. Uh, I apologize. Can to handle my pistol? <laughs> <laughs> and did um, so? David Letterman uh, produced this film. He, his company Executive did, yeah. Worldwide Pants. Uh huh. Um, what was that like uh, having them produce it? Was it freer? or Was it? Uh, it they were they were
2: amazing. I mean, I. Um, I, well, I mean, obviously he's a legend, but for me he's really like a legend because I, um, you know, I'm of the age where I was, you know, I was growing up when, you know, those shows were first on. And he he like really, he didn't seem to get credit, but I think he sort of. I think he changed comedy initially for the better. and Now, it's so it's like everybody does that. Like, mm-hmm. um, he was one of the first to sort of be detached and sort of comment um, that I can remember. Like, it, it was I thought he was my I thought his show was just mind blowing. Um, yeah, and was- now and now everybody does that and and. Uh, I, like to the point where I, you know, I, I would like to see some sincerity because, like, yeah, you know, yeah. no, nobody has sincerity, but and, and no one does it. I mean, there are people who do it well, but I mean, he really was the the king of that sort of insincere, um, sort of detached approach. Um, but anyway, so just to, to have him as a part of the movie, we were just floored. But, was he and,
0: involved in the? Uh, now, I mean,
2: he would watch the movie, but um, like he I'd send him the cuts and stuff. But the, the thing I was gonna say, they were. As their approach was essentially, um, well, you guys did 30 episodes, you must know what you're doing, so we're just gonna back off. They came by, um, uh, Rob Burnett, who's uh, who runs the, he used to be the head writer and he, he runs Worldwide Pants now, um, and Valerie Share. That's and and uh, that's pretty much who we dealt with, and they would come by. They came by the set maybe once, um, mm-hmm. but they completely uh, trusted what we were doing and. Uh, Wow. Yeah, they didn't. We didn't have to compromise at all.
0: And you, I see you wrote some of the, a lot of the music with Paul Schaefer. That again, that was a, that was happened a, there. That was a
2: fluke. That was under, uh, uh, that was under duress.
0: Um, uh-huh.
2: it's a, somehow we ran out of money at the end, and uh, or oh, there was a misappropriation of funds, or something happened, <laughs> oh. and 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 uh, and I got a phone call saying we can't use because we didn't buy any of the. I stuck stuff in. For the, for Sundance, we got festival rights, um, and then just hoping that there was like Isley Brothers song and um, Chambers Brothers. Um, but uh, I literally got a phone call saying we can't afford the music; it's got to all come out. And uh, and and I said, okay, how much time do we have to look? And and it took months to get. It takes a I mean, as you know, I don't know if you have any. What kind of music you have in here? But it takes months to secure rights mm-hmm. it's like a it's a, it's a horrible process and expensive um, and so I said how much time they said um, well it needs to be locked by Friday this was like Tuesday mm. so I was losing my mind I was like I was trying to like contact bands and see if you know but and I got hold of people I got a hold of some people and they're like well, we're not gonna sign we can't do, write a song in a day so in a desperation I just went over to um, Paul Schaefer's office with my guitar and uh, and I played some chords and he sort of arranged it on his piano. That was one we did three songs or maybe four, I remember, and then the next day he hired like the the late night band, some late night band, SNL band, they came. Wow. They laid down they laid it down like in, in six hours and then he got like these professional singers to come in and I wrote lyrics while they I would like <laughs> <laughs> run into the booth and they'd say it. It was really just crazy. Um wow. But I mean, they uh, they are again, they're not out of whole cloth. Or you know, like one's modeled—I well, shouldn't say what they're model on, so you know, mm-hmm. they just help them in their lawsuit. But uh, they are—they are modeled on other songs Got that that uh, I had in my head. You know, it's, they're not completely out of whole cloth. But um, yeah, so—but that's sometimes the best way. I once shot a short film. I don't know how much time you took for this, but um, it's—it was like the most gratifying. Uh, I wrote it with um, my uncle's a filmmaker in Chicago. His name's Dan Danello He teaches at Columbia. Mm. But I was living in New York, and, and he's like, "Let's make a movie." Um, and it was the best way to make a movie because the intentions were just to make a movie. I never, we never expected it to anyone would even see it. But I said, "Well, I'll come on Monday. We'll, we'll we'll spend three days writing it, and and then uh, and then we'll and then we'll shoot it in three days." Uh-huh. So, but and, but that kind of pressure really um i mean sometimes it's a train wreck but it you know it really gets your blood going and um and it turned out pretty good um, but that, that's how the, the music thing felt like you just don't have time because a lot of times like the creative process the you know it seems like the the biggest hindrance is you know is thinking too much Or thinking, yeah. Yeah, thinking you can't do it right you know and that but and 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 directing a film where you probably found, found this. Uh, to be the same you know like before the movie I was having a meltdown but once you start shooting I was fine oh. you don't have time to think about it. yeah You don't have time you just, you just do it you know and yeah. and it whether it's good or bad you you know you don't have a choice you know you just you know it's like being it's in, in battle, works and, yeah exactly <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's it's like being in charge of the light brigade as though going back yeah. you know at that point you just keep doing the
0: work yeah okay I'm gonna have to wrap it up here because we're getting to the end and also it's uh. Getting a little noisier right in here. <laughs> um, so at the end of the show, we do this thing called film bites, and uh, there's some theme music there. And uh, um, so it's just you know something that filmmakers can use. Just a little bit of advice um, that you've learned. Uh, I'm going to start with one, and it's something that I learned through this conversation uh, about myself. Is um, don't always take yourself so seriously. You know, uh, I think when I started out as an actor, I was an actor with a, um, with the capital A, and uh, I worked in the, the theater with an RE, um, and was, you know, real serious about making great art, and sometimes you got to just throw all that away, and just you sure. know, do stuff, because a, a lot of, I've found that a lot of people will prevent themselves from doing something because they feel like they um, have to make some great art, and a lot of times you end up making great art when you don't. Don't uh, take yourself so seriously.
2: Right, or put a judgment on what you're doing. Right, that's true. With that's um, never. I
0: can't think of his name.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. That's a new Well, and then you'll uh, sound <laughs> uh, <laughs> a, 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 a
1: culture. The guy, the guy from uh, Danny Thomas voice. The guy that <laughs> the, the, the used tap dancer. He was in *Pennies from Heaven*. Oh, um, Gregory Hines, <laughs> Steve Martin. One we'll year. think of it. We'll think of See?
2: it. See? <laughs> it's
0: infectious. Now we're all um, doing
2: uh, Van Peebles. <laughs>
0: oh. All right, so we'll try and think of that. And okay. if we don't think of it, yeah, I'll put it in the show know. notes for the yeah, show. We'll edit it in
2: later. Yeah, <laughs> It'll be you... someone else's voice. but
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, my point was this actor that I'm sure other people already know who it is. Yeah. Uh, he, he takes whatever job, and he does a great job in, in everything. It's because. He's, he's not concerned with with what the role is necessarily. He just he he's, considers himself a craftsman. Well, well, Ian Ian Home was. I don't
2: have to cut you off, but to add what you're saying, I talked to Ian Home about it, and I think I said, "Why are you doing this?" And he said, "Well, well, I'm an actor, and I just want to work." Yeah. He just wants to work every day, and he'll take jobs that are offered to him. He doesn't put
1: judgment. on it and he does the best he right, can, he does the best he, if he makes, if, he makes if, if everything else is crap, his performances still are. Right.
0: So. That's good. Do you have a film bite?
2: Oh, I'd say, um, I, I'd say, and this goes for everything, I'd say embrace your mistakes. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I learned, um, I, you know, I, it's funny, because. Uh, when we first worked on the show, um, and when we were writing the script, like we, I would make, we would make mistakes on the script. and go, oh, I didn't mean to say that, and then make all this effort to change it. But then I would reread like the mistake. It was almost always a better direction. And it's the same thing with filmmaking. That, you know, if somebody trips or uh, you know, something doesn't go right, or it's someone doesn't say the right line. It's it's it's, it's, it's 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 it seems better to embrace it because a lot of times it's going to be a more unique choice or a choice you didn't expect to make. And, a lot of times, it's better
0: than. You that's know. interesting. I know a, a long time ago, I was taking a class in African music, and um, they, uh, this particular culture in Africa, they said that that when they make a mistake, when they're making a, a playing a piece of music, that's God suggesting another note. <laughs> and I always <laughs> that's thought great. that's really cool, you know. Yeah. And I think that's true a lot of times. Yeah, that's great. All right, so um, thank you so much for being here, both of you guys. Oh, well, thanks for having me I really appreciate in. you taking the time out here and, and talking with us, with me. and um, <laughs> The proverbial. Everybody, if you have any questions for me or for, Just for them. Just phone in right now. We're waiting for yeah, your phone call. We're waiting for your phone call. <laughs> uh, no, you can email me at joel at fatfreefilm.com. And um, we hope to see you next week. And thanks for, thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. I never know how to end the thing.